Hey, thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. This episode originally aired on WPRK 91.5 FM on November 23rd, 2020. So it's ostensibly a Thanksgiving episode. Since Thanksgiving is weird this year, it's not a normal Thanksgiving episode that you would think of when you think of Thanksgiving. I'm not sure what I think of when I think of Thanksgiving podcast episodes, but this is not the traditional type. But I am thankful to you for listening. And the, all, the, all the other stuff you do. You do so much. Have you ever like stopped and said, hey, thanks to me. Not me, like you. Like you are thanking yourself for all the stuff that you do. You should do that more. All right. Hello. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. This is a special edition of the show. We are not live in the studio right now, so I'm going back and picking and choosing insights, interesting things that past guests have talked about. I'm Nick Jorgudiu. Past guests include all sorts of interesting and neat people from around the Orlando area. I'm just realizing I said interesting twice, but they are. They're very interesting. They're smart, they're talented, and they're funny. On this episode, you'll hear from three people talking about Thanksgiving because it is Thanksgiving week, even though we may not be celebrating it the same way that we usually do. Allison Steedle, Kat Ridgway, and Robin Hoffman will be talking a little bit about that. Elliot Hillis from Orlando Meats will be talking about food, why it's important to him. And then to end it all, wait, that doesn't sound right. To end the show, I have a little special treat for you from Ashley Ann Gardner reading something that I wrote about one of my favorite foods in town, uh, a beer from Hourglass Brewing. That doesn't sound right. Bon appetit, as they say for Thanksgiving. I want to get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to play a game. And this is so the Lifetime Network can get to know you a little bit better. (laughs) We're a Lifetime Network, you know. Okay, affiliate? Station here. (laughs) Yes, podcast. Uh, although Hallmark, love your stuff too. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't want to say anything bad about Hallmark. But if it was going to be a Christmas movie, you got to go with Netflix. Hallmark. No, Netflix Christmas movies are amazing. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. They're super cheesy, but well, Netflix will also buy anything, so we could probably True. pitch them the "I'm Always Eating Dinner" the <laughs> Allison Stevel story. That's right. A Christmas spectacular. <laughs> this is getting really long, this title. So let's move over to the game. 20 questions. Instead of saying yes or no, up or down, you're going to say Romeo or Juliet. Okay. Romeo, because he was, I don't know, working class guy. He was just walking by this balcony, minding his own business. <laughs> and then Juliet, who is apparently a balcony dweller. Nobody likes balcony dwellers. Right. Uh, not to Trouble. say anything, yeah, that there's anything wrong with the Montagues or the... Capulets. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you for remembering that since I did not write that down at all and should have. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with them, the families. I don't want any feuds okay. with any families. Okay. Romeo or Juliet, Thanksgiving. Romeo? Yeah? Yeah. Is it like sure. your favorite? It is the, fa- it is the best. Okay. Um, and I think because it doesn't involve gift giving... Oh, you like no gifts. Right. So what about... Well, food. Food is the ultimate gift. Yeah, so it is gift giving. Well, 
but it's not present. It's not yes. having to go out and shop. Right. It's not having to do that stuff. Yes, it's not as consumer driven. Okay, I so guess. Arbor Day is out because there's no food typically related <laughs> okay, to yeah, that one. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, Easter. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some food, but then also those cruddy chocolate bunnies. Well, it depends gross. on the. Okay, it depends on. Uh, yeah, but for the most part. Okay, gross. All disturbingly right. gross. Po- possibly not even Peeps, real chocolate. Yucky. Peeps, yucky. Okay. That's their new tagline. <laughs> Peeps, yucky. <laughs> All right, very good. Yeah. And do you do a traditional Thanksgiving, the turkey, the yeah. stuffing? Um, I think we've gone through trying the whole reinvent Thanksgiving. Let's make a healthier version of mm-hmm. your favorite dish, which doesn't taste nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think growing up, my mom was making for a few years in a row uh, fat-free uh, mashed potatoes. Oh, and no. we were finally like, Mom, please, can you just make the one with the butter and everything? And it was amazing. So I think people every year, I mean, Thanksgiving is basically the same holiday every year. And people keep trying to reinvent it and improve upon things but um it's really just give the people what they want you know you want your classic green bean casserole i mean well, i don't know what you want for your thanksgiving uh anything but cranberry cranberry is always kind of bum me out yeah. a little bit yeah, yeah i don't really understand it right uh i understand the cranberry industry they're not a big <laughs> listener okay. we get more grapes listening than cranberries okay good yeah well i i, I know that it can add the cranberry can add some acidity to your turkey and can give it more of a, I guess, a balanced flavor profile. Nope. Okay, nope. We're, we're done with yeah. cranberry. I, I can do without the cranberry. Yeah. But I say, I mean, Thanksgiving, just just keep it, keep it what you want, you know? It's one day a year. Just have what you want. It's really not, the food is really not that bad for you. It's the quantity and the pies, I mean. So eat yourself into a coma is what I'm hearing. It's okay. It's one it's day Thanksgiving. a year. Yeah. You got, it's okay. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise you have to talk to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, so Tom Petty, if you're for something. Okay. The Heartbreakers, if you're like, meh. Thanksgiving. Oh, Tom Petty. Yeah? Yeah. Is it one of your favorites? It is, actually. Yeah. I, I really love being able to hang out with everybody in my family all in one room. Um, that doesn't happen a whole ton anymore, which right. is kind of weird. It's something weird about getting older. So it's gotten progressively nicer as I've gotten older, I think. So when you're little, you feel like more people come and want to see you. And now that you're older and grosser, they're <laughs> yeah. like, Ugh, right. no, thank you. Like cat smells, but I guess we'll put up with it for one one, one day. day a year versus like several more. Yeah, I know. I get that. It's taxing, but it's worth it, yeah. I think. Until I had kids, I really, <laughs> yeah, it goes in that sort of cycle where you're in this valley of never getting invited to your family's house. Yeah. And then you have kids and then you're like, oh, I'm super popular again. Yeah. Because I have kids. Yeah. <laughs> you're the that entourage. Was, that was my experience anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true of everyone. It's sort of like a, uh, a word association game. But instead of saying yes or no, up or down, or the first thing that comes to mind, you're going to say bread or butter. So bread, if you're for something, bread, if you're like, yeah, thumbs up. Okay. And butter, thumbs down. Bread is wonderful, especially gluten-free bread. Okay. I was going to say, it has to be gluten-free. I I understand that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. And that's why I chose this particular uh, game topic. So bread's good. Bread's good. Butter's not good. Butter, I understand, requires 
a lot of churning. And I don't know about you, fully against churning. Really? Yeah, because I feel like when you're churning, like emotionally churning, mentally churning, spiritually churning. So the word churning just means something. It just turns me off. Yeah. Okay. So a food that is churned, I feel like make will make me churn. And nobody wants that. Now I said churn so much. So many times it's a weird word. It like, doesn't churn, make any churn, sense churn. to me okay. anymore. So it's just like that bird song. <laughs> churn, 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 churn. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I am so ready. Bread or butter Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness. Bread, 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 bread. You like Thanksgiving? I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Is it a big family one for you? It is. So everybody comes back. Do you like guilt them into it or of course, do you bribe I'm Jewish, them? Nick. I guilt everybody into everything. Okay, great. Yeah. I wasn't sure because some people <laughs> might bribe. I don't know, but guilt seems to no, be... No, guilt is my way. Yeah, and it's also cheaper that way. Yes. Yeah, than bribing. Quicker. <laughs> cheaper and quicker. You get a better, quicker response. What do you typically make for Thanksgiving is it the turkey and the whole oh nine but yes. so I'd imagine stuffing is gluten-free as well stuff yes everything I make for Thanksgiving in my household is yep. gluten-free so I have to use a gluten-free stuffing um, which is usually made from like a corn or cornbread type mm-hmm. type thing or I just make it um, from a nice little kit that they sell at Trader Joe's little plug there for Trader Joe's um, thank you tastes- Trader Joe's I know you're <laughs> <Thank> listening you. <laughs> It tastes exactly like stovetop stuffing. And I'm just one of those nerds from like childhood that I loved stovetop stuffing. So when I had to go gluten free, I was like, no, I can't have it anymore. But then Trader Joe's hooked me up with a gluten free stuffing. It tastes just like it. Tastes just like it. It's so easy to make, just like stovetop. And what about for dessert? What don't I make for dessert? That is an easier question. All right. I make pumpkin pie, pecan pie. I do apple cake, apple pie. I make carrot cake sometimes. I do muffins, everything. Now, I asked that knowing what you made because you brought a sample of each one for me this yes. morning. And how did you like it? Which was so kind. Right? Oh, my gosh. Little thing so, I whipped up this morning before so I got good. here. So good. Just really quick. It's all fresh out of the oven. Thank you so much for that. Just something to consider for next time. Maybe okay, bringing some. You. If you're going to talk about all this food, yes. maybe bringing some with you. Allison Steedle, Kat Ridgway, and Robin Hoffman on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree, talking about one of their favorite and my favorite holidays, Thanksgiving. Good morning. My name is Nick Jorgudiu. This is a show I do every week from 7 to 9 a.m. And every week from 7 to 9, I have the best guests and those were three of them let's talk to another one elliot hillis is the culinary director at orlando meats who will be moving shortly which will be moving shortly because it's not a who it's a place and it's a it's a mindset as well orlando meats they'll be moving towards the end of this year at the end of 2018 he was on the show talking a little bit about his experience moving over to orlando meats but also about food in general, making food, creating food, and the love of that craft. It opened in July, and Seth and I signed on um, right after that to open the kitchen. So it was originally just the butcher shop preparing to open the kitchen, and we left the bison uh, in order to, to open the kitchen side. This of is the Smiling, Smiling Bison. Bison. Okay, because yeah. they used to have the two locations. Right. You were down here at the one over by Baldwin mm-hmm. Park. Mm-hmm. 
um, and also working at Sanford. We we when Orlando or the, when the San, or Orlando location closed, Seth and I moved up to the Sanford location, and um, we were actually um, we still love the bison, but uh, it had run its course, and we wanted to. Uh, sort of do our own concept and, and be more open to different cuisines. Mm-hmm. And so we were actually looking to open a restaurant of our own. And uh, through a couple different friends, we met Edgar, and he was super excited with our use of uh, offcuts and, um, you know, trash stuff. Um, and so we had a, a nice conversation, and he let us take the kitchen. So that conversation and your philosophy on uh, I, I guess you know using as much of the animal as possible is that sort of your as much your as cooking everything style? is possible okay. so um the collective that i started salt forge which is my instagram handle now mm-hmm. and my general identity uh was started only to um take what our produce farmers were having to throw away or what wasn't selling we originally took it um, and we would ferment it for them and then and, and package it and give it back. We would take a small portion of it and give them the rest so they could sell it at farmer's markets or just so that it wouldn't go to waste. We, they're less trash, less um, loss, and so they could sell it or they could eat it or whatever, and we would take some for ourselves, and it was a good excuse to be able to experiment for free. Uh, right, because all of a sudden you have all this produce yeah, and you can try out different things. Yeah, and if it fails, nobody cares because it was yeah. already trash. Um, luckily, we've had very little of that. Um, since opening Orlando Meats, it's sort of absorbed Salt Forge. And so now it's all one kind of nebulous concept. And with opening Cat House Labs, um, that's the charcuterie arm of it. And again, it's the same thing. So it's it's all experimentation. It's all sort of uh, <laughs> off the books. It's a clandestine uh, behavior. And... Um, so we're able to do what we want and not have to answer to anybody. It seems like that kind of experimentation and approach to stuff mm. is obviously a lot newer in in restaurants. Than I think it has it's, been it's just been past. brought to light. Okay. Yeah, we've always been doing it. It's just it wasn't always cool to talk about. Because you didn't want... People don't want the trash parts. It's that and people... Uh, so it happens sometimes. I, I don't want to speak disparagingly of anybody's opinion, um, but you'll see it still now uh, when people hear that I'm a butcher or people that hear that I cook, they'll say something to the effect of like, it's it's always like bro-y guys that'll be like, yeah, man, I just really love like tenderloins and ribeyes. Yeah, of course, everybody does. Like that's like the, that's the most vain cut of meat that you can possibly get. It's the most expensive thing. Sure. That is... It, it just, it lacks content. It just, okay, so you like the best thing? Well, you like Rolexes and Benzes too? Like, okay, awesome. You like <laughs> Bugattis? Like, it, it, takes a, it takes a loving craft to, to take uh, an offcut of meat and, and, you know, gently roast it and, and induce flavor and Try develop texture. Yeah. Um, any, any idiot hack line cook can sear a tenderloin or t- sear a filet on both sides and serve it to you with some asparagus. But it takes, it takes intent and love and romance to say I'm going to braise, um, you know, a whole ham for three days, or I'm gonna it's gonna I'm gonna watch it in the circulator, and uh, I'm gonna do some vaguely illegal stuff to it, until, <laughs> until I coax what I want, you know. Um, 
not sexual. It's like uh, like coaxing my art through the entire muscle structure. Yeah. Which the temperature has to be so low that uh, it's not technically legal sometimes. Well, yeah, not from a health perspective. Yeah. So we don't do that in the restaurant. But uh, if you want to try it at home, it is really cool. Where does that passion for it, because you can hear it in your voice, you can, you know, you're talking about romancing a pig, um, as we all do sometimes. Michael Douglas. We all, we love that movie, and, uh, but where does that come from for you? Or where, like, when you were thinking back to, okay, this started at this point, my love of doing this. One of my earliest memories in my life uh, is getting food poisoning from oysters, and I don't know why it stuck with me, but I still love oysters. <laughs> like, it didn't sour me on the subject. And um, I can remember cooking at, like, four or five years old and watching my grandmother cook, and that's how I, you know, developed it. And she was very important to my uh, development. And um, I think uh, the the beauty of feeding people and watching her cook for the holidays and watching my family enjoy food just developed in a, in a sort of multi-pronged fashion where it was like I like feeding people I like the attention that I get when I feed people I like the act of creation I like the act of obsessive behavior just to be able to hobby horse something and to just drive it into the ground and then beat the dead horse you know what I mean just really really get down on it um that's fun for me and um so then cooking was perfect yeah it's awesome I think it's just taking a lot of my mental illnesses and foibles and focusing it on something productive. Um, but the, the people say that they have a passion for something, but realistically, until it starts to um, cross over into self-destructive behavior, then you, it's not really passion. Uh, you should be able to comfortably be like, I'll, I'll kill myself doing this happily. And that's passion. That's love of the game. And is that cooking for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As, uh, what is that? Uh, Bukowski? Find something you love and let it kill you? Yeah. That. Hey, it's Nick. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. Since that interview at the end of 2018, I've gotten to know Elliot a little bit better through listening to his podcast, Off Cuts, through just hanging out with him and being on the show, Off Cuts, as well. And I can say that is his philosophy. That's not something he just says out loud. What I meant was something that you give lip service to. That would have made more sense there. It is early in the morning. Thank you for listening. If you missed any of these episodes, if you want to listen to the full interview, Elliot has been on the show a couple of times. Go to certaindegree.com and listen to full interviews from people around the Orlando area who are doing amazing things. I'm thankful for all my guests, all my listeners, everyone at WPRK who helps me put on this show. There's so many people to thank on Thanksgiving, but I am so thankful for one project that I got to do this year with Ashley Ann Gardner. It was a really weird idea. I wanted to write fan fiction for food and other things around Orlando. We ended up doing one episode And that was it, but it's still one of my favorites. So I wrote this, Ashley Ann Gardner, who you might know from stage and photography around town. You can find her latest side hustle on Instagram, Titanium 
lace embroidery. I'll just let her take it away without further ado. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Stage flight. The bees were waiting their turn. Two million bees, one would think, aren't capable of patience. The image that comes to mind with any number of bees, much less seven figures of bees, is one of motion and noise. How could they be quiet? How could they be still? It was their first open mic night. That wasn't all of the reason for their patience, but it was a big part of it. They had been practicing for some time, and even the bees who felt like this was a waste of time, that they should be doing improv classes or creating viral videos online to get to their big break, they still were respectful of the ones who wanted this and the hours they had put in preparing. Imagine a comedy open mic night, if you've never done one. The heat from the lights, the feedback from the equipment, the energy from the crowd. There's more risk than just a fear of public speaking. The anxiety is amplified by whether your jokes land. Imagine that your dream is to do that, or at least that most of you dreamt that. Because, as mentioned previously, while the majority of the bees wanted to forge their path through the crucible of stand-up comedy, the rest really thought the internet had changed the dynamic and power structure of entertainment. Also, while stand-up had gotten better about featuring underrepresented populations, it was still a boys' club and not a bees' club. Now, imagine all that times two million. Two million bees, dressed in a raincoat, having a beer, waiting their turn. Two Million Bees and Some Hops is a New England double IPA from Hourglass Brewing.